Hi, I'm Eric Buell. Take that, the pace. Hi, and welcome to Will Nerds. And I want to talk to you, Chuck. Isn't, isn't that what we're doing? No, That's... no. I'm going to talk to you using using technology. Yeah? Right? Wow, these pieces that, are small. Where are my reading glasses? That you're holding. You have such a confused look on your face. It's the, it's the figuring out how the cords go. Yes, I am installing a new Cena 10S in my helmet uh-huh. on the air for your pleasure. Attempting to. Attempting to. There's at lots of things in here. Good There's a lot of, lot of options. A lot of, lot of fiddly bits and uh-huh. clamps and things. I think I'm going to go with the clamp this time. The clamps! Yes, something like that. The clamp? The clamp. The clamp. Yeah, last time I had, I had a, last time I hooked one of these up, I had a carbon fiber helmet and so the clamp was like a non-starter. What did it do to it? It deformed the shell, which is a very, very bad idea in mm. that case. Mm. Um, I have a clamp version installed on this helmet here. Oh, good. My showy. What did I do with the? Seems okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not crazy about the clamp only because it, you know, mixes up. I don't know. I don't. I don't like the way it changes the shape of the helmet. But yeah. we'll try it with the clamp because that's easier, and I can fiddle with it. And move. You're it so picky. Of course, I'm picky. It's my helmet, man. Picky, 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 picky. Yeah. Yeah. So Cena was good enough to provide us with an S10 dual kit. So now, now I'm prepared to chuck. What? What? I'm prepared to you. You're prepared to me? Yeah. Yeah. These, so the way dirty. these the way these dual kits usually work, at least they did back in the day when I bought my last one, mm-hmm. was they came already paired to each other. Okay. So, you know, it was like the, the his and hers, his and his, it's, you know, it's, it's 2016. Chuck and Chuck's. Hers and Chuck hers. And Who knows? Chuck's and Todd's. Um, <laughs> this doesn't want to go in there, does it? <laughs> That's what she said. Okay. <laughs> All right. Where's yours? Like, kind of near your, just a little forward of the visor. Just a little forward, so it's okay. easy to reach for. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So it clamps on pretty easy and then tightens mm-hmm. down and has a pretty low profile clamp. Mm-hmm. Um, comes with a little Allen wrench to do it, which is very fiddly. And if you need reading glasses and don't have them, you're going to look like a dork doing this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, wait a minute. Aren't you the guy who hurts yourself by, uh, by like, sneezing or something? Or, like, putting on shoes? Whatever it is you old folks do that hurts yourself all the time? Uh-huh. Yeah. Sneeze, yawning. No, you're thinking of Marv. Oh, yeah. Marv hurt himself yawning. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Our friends break themselves easy. I hurt myself picking up 300 pounds. Oh, okay. Well, shouldn't do that. <laughs> Stick to like, you know, 250 or so. So, yeah. We're, we're Here we are in our studio installing scenic kits, which is probably not very exciting to listen to. Not at this um, moment. But no. this is an exciting episode. This is a very exciting episode for reasons that will shortly be apparent. Well, there was some epic foreshadowing. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. That's and true. if they, you know, look at the blurb for the show. They may have figured out what might be happening. They, It's possible. Done. 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 Oh, There's probably like one or two people out there that's just like, what? What's this podcast even about? What are you doing? Ooh, a, see the tab? My helmet? What's yeah. That? Is that like the emergency? Oh, is that to hold the liner? I guess, right? Todd has broken his helmet. I broke my we're, helmet. We're five minutes in the show. Todd's already Todd's broken, broken his, his helmet. Todd's broken his damn expensive helmet. That's it. That's outstanding. Yes. Yes. We're off to a strong, strong start. Although, you know what it does do is it gives me a handy place to run the mic cord. Hey, have you heard anything from Chris about the bike? 
Uh, no, no, he's, he's got it. So he's, he's actually got it. got it in his possession now. Yeah. Um, he hasn't checked to see if the spiders still live in the calipers. <laughs> they were very happy there when I gave it away. So, you know, I'm assuming they're still there living their happy little spider lives on someone else's garage. He needs to push it into a garage, seal the garage, and just bomb the hell out of it. Yeah, something like that. Um. Oh my god. Yeah, so, see. Okay, so come on, helmet liner. Let's, let's be friends. Yeah, so the microphone is, uh, there's a wire that runs up to a mic, and it actually like looks like it's uh, it's like a little... sticks inside the front of the helmet. Which yeah, little... my old Scala had the boom mic, which I will tell you that the boom mic inside the uh, inside the full face is decidedly awkward. Okay. Because yeah. when you point your lips forward, you can sort of eat it. Yeah. <laughs> which, if you're taking a long trip and you have the boom mic in there, may be a good thing if you're really bored. Did they not have another option? Was the boom mic? They didn't have another option. No, you okay. keep, keep in mind that this thing is just so cool with all the little options. Yeah. So the Scala, back in the day, was not very option-rich because, you know, it was just like, hey, you can get Bluetooth in your helmet. And everybody <laughs> was like, holy shit. You want to hear things? Oh, my God. You want to talk to people? Technology. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was pretty exciting at the time. Talked to my wife while we rode. Mm-hmm. That was... You know, most people ride to get away from that. Yeah. But um bump yeah, I liked taking her with me, you know. she mm-hmm. was She's the kind of wife who was like, at the time... I was like, where should we go on an anniversary trip? And we're both like, Route 12, done. Going to Route 12 in southern Utah. Nice. Yeah, so that was cool. What is that? That is an HJC RPHA, which is pronounced like the noise a fat guy makes when he reaches for a pencil. What's that symbol on the top? That's the Urfa symbol. The Urfa? Urfa. It's this fat guy noise when you reach for a pencil. Okay. At least I remember that being the way when I was a fat guy. I've got a showy GT Air. Mm-hmm. It's all colorful. They both seem to work. The yeah. HJC seems... The nice thing about the HJC is it's really light, but the thing has no clearance for anything inside it. It uh-huh. is... It is... There is not a spare millimeter of space anywhere in this freaking... There is an amazing amount of different just stuff. And there's like an option. In this helmet. Oh, yeah. There's the sticky clamp. There's the sticky clamp. There's the... Yeah. So there's a sticky clamp option, which is what I used on my old helmet. I'll probably change this one, too, once I decide I've got the place I want. Okay. Um... But, uh, you know. You could just plug headphones into it. We can use it that way. Yeah. yeah. You're just going to do the whole install now, are you? Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's all right. I'll keep installing and we'll keep showing. Uh, Chuck, I can multitask. Okay. Oh, uh, God. So, are these the ear stickies or are these the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those would be the... Those look like ear stickies. What are these stickies? Oh, that's the front mic sticky, yeah. That's the mic sticky? Uh-huh. Is this the mic sticky? It looks like you get more than one. This looks like the mic sticky. Yeah, that's the mic sticky. What do you use for the sticky? I'm still using the sticky from my Cena SM8. People were like, get to the guest. Get we to, know who it is. Get to the main point. We're like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Nah. We got a guest tonight. That, Should you know, I remove the warning sticker? It's kind of cool and stuff. Yeah. But we're just going to make okay. you wait. We're just going to make you wait and yeah. listen to us do this. They're going to be like posting on the internet. Fast forward to 33 minutes and 14 seconds. Uh-huh. It's going to happen. You don't have to listen to these Yahoo's talk. Which would be a real shame because, of course, they would miss our important sponsor message since this show is brought to you by the folks at Good Adventure Outfitter and Touring Company. They're an outfitter and a touring company, which is kind of cool, actually. So they're they're just kings of soft luggage. They have they gave me a list of brands to say, and I can't say them all in this spot. <laughs> they okay. do ADV bike accessories, and the cool thing is, is they rent ADV bikes. Oh, 
Yeah, okay. here in the desert southwest. They also have guided ADV trips. So if you're an East Coaster oh, cool. and you're looking for an excuse to come out west, the I don't want to ride across Kansas is officially no longer a valid excuse. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got their uh, best of the Colorado backcountry experience in August, which is a big, long trip that they run and goes all over creation in Colorado. What's their website? Their website is good-adv.com. Nice. This episode is also brought to you by the fine folks at Helite, mm-hmm. makers of the airbag protection vest. Which both wheel nerds wear and love. You can find them at helitemoto.com. That's mm-hmm. H-E-L-I-T-E. If you're still using a crappy plastic back protector, it is time to get with the program. Yes, get an airbag vest. You feel more like a fighter pilot when you throw it over your jacket. It's all true. Or so in my case, please. a giant robot pilot. Well, you know. Details. Yeah. Details. Yeah. All right. We, we need some classifieds here. All right. Speaking of adventure, we've got an adventure bike, Yamaha Tenere. You know, I just can't stop watching you do that. Yeah, I know. 2013, bought new, have only rode it 2,300 miles worth. Just did first oil change after the 500-mile oil change. I'm the king of buying bikes, putting all the cool off-the-market stuff off, and then losing my ass when I sell it. Has... Olin's rear shock, the top of the line, Modow, with all the on-the-go adjustments. Stoltech did the forks. Look them up. They are the go-to guys for really making these adventure bikes work. Givy crash bars and skid plate. And Yoshimura exhaust. Brand new stock tires come with it as extras. I put on the head and out ones at the 500-mile break-in oil change. Simply put, I can't get my midget wife on an adventure bike. So no sense owning this, but we did get matching bandits for the street and KTM dirt bikes for the dirt, so we are good. Oh, and it has a sergeant seat on it, so your ass won't kill you if you ride all day. The stock one sucks. Now, I'm just going to throw this out. If you have a short wife, why the fuck would you buy a Tenere for her? You think he bought this for her to ride it or to be the passenger? Well, what does she care if she's the passenger? That's a big investment to just... I mean, wasn't she involved in the purchase of this bike? Chuck, I'm going to go with a no in this case. I mean, he bought like a $12,000, $15,000 bike and just showed up at home and was like, Hey, hey, honey, here's all this stuff. Hey, about this bike. And they put all this stuff on it. And you you think she, you know, there's 20, it's got 2,300 miles. So someone rode it. At some point, you would think she'd been like, you know. You think she was the one in that video that would hop off the bike at stoplights? You know, you could be right. That's entirely possible. And she just got tired of doing that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. $9,500. Which is, you know, not bad for a tenor, right? No, I mean... It's not amazing. It's not bad. A three-year-old bike, 2,300 miles with a bunch of extras? That's not bad. Yeah, it could do worse. Yeah. yeah. It's a bargain. Go buy it. Go buy it. No, go buy this. This? Yeah. What's this? This is what the actual... Oh, my God. Custom Lime Green Radical Chopper Bobber Rat Green Goblin Trade. Gobblin. Gobblin. Yes. <laughs> Too many bees. This is a beautiful custom bike. No, it isn't. It melts the eyes of any custom bike lover. It is an attention seeker. No. Yeah. You're an attention seeker. The bike is an attention getter. Get it straight. Powder-coated frame and tank. 400cc Honda engine. Carb. What? Lots of power. 400cc? Okay. Carbed. Lots of power. Lots of power. Not those, you know, those 400cc uncarbed engines with a few checks. 
that doesn't happen. Okay. Yeah. New rear and front tire. Extra steel clear coated gray metal tank, mainly for the rat look. Uh huh. What? Air puck under seat for softer ride, which is good since there's no suspension for softer ride. LED taillights integrated into frame. Clean Colorado title. Fast, very light, and sleek. I was looking for a custom bar hopper, and this bike fit the bill. Unfortunately, I'm 6'2", and it won't fit. <laughs> wow. This you... is this is extra green. I'll give him that. Oh, my God. My favorite part, though, is the fact that this bike appears to be like another a bike that got flattened. Is what it looks like. Oh my god! This is a this is a, a little chopper thing, and your ass is, I mean, like inches off the ground. At least there's a picture of a girl on it. Here's a picture with a girl on it, because oh. reasons. Wait, this might be him on it. There is a picture of a large dude sitting on it to just demonstrate how incredibly dumb this design is. Why would you do this? I don't know. Apparently, you're just what? looking for something to go in a straight line, not terribly fast. This isn't even a bar hopper. This is a no. trailer queen. Yeah, it totally is. Like, how do you bar hop in this? Like, what happens when you have to park? <laughs> you just, like, let it fall over? I, I don't know. I mean, you, the, the, you'll need to look at the picture to really appreciate this, but your butt is in line with the axles. Oh, and that seat is... And the seat's like a piece of wood. It's a piece of wood. It's a piece of laminated wood. Like a literal piece of wood. It is flat. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yep. No. Come on, Chuck. It'll be great. You'll is that it. can there to keep it up? Um, possible. I th- it, yes, yes. He appears to be using a paint can to hold it up. To hold it, he's paint got can center stand. He's got paint the, can uh, center stand. Paint can center stand. He's got the, the. This is this is the new style. Paint can center stand. Oh yeah, there is another picture. He does. He is using a paint can as a as a center stand. Yeah, if you don't use a paint can center stand, then you you clearly aren't uh, you know serious about your uh, your bike. No. Yeah. No. Come on, paint can center stand. Paint can center stand. Planted firmly between the rear floor. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the chain is running inches below your ass. Like, no. Like, God forbid this bike should ever be even slightly dirty, because you will instantaneously be incredibly dirty. This is so much no. No, no. It's, this It's got no all over it. This bike was not made to run. And, you know, for 400cc motor, it was clearly not made to run. <laughs> Not made to run very fast, that's for sure. <laughs> How much does he want for this? Oh, he's looking for $6,200 for an unrideable monstrosity. No. Come on, check. Give an unrideable monstrosity. No. You sure? It's unrideable. That's what the ex-wife is for. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my quota for the show. Yep. <laughs> All right, next up. 1981 Honda CB900 Cafe. And you know how I love Cafe. Yeah, I I saw this bike and was just like Todd all over it. Oh, Cafe. It's 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 an 80s bike. It's carved and it's a Cafe racer. It's got Todd. It's a great riding bike with a custom touch. Started mm-hmm. out as a plain CB900C with low miles, strong engine, 10 speed. Fully serviced, rejetted for pods, lithium battery, tugged under the seat, new tires and ready to ride. I have a question. $2000. That's your answer. Because I know you just want to go out and buy this right now. Are you still fiddling with your helmet? I'm still fiddling with my helmet. Oh, my God. All right. What's your question? 10 speed? 10 speed. I was wondering. Aren't bicycles 10 speeds and, like, you know, motorcycles less? Like five or six? five or five, six. Four. Four in the case of Urals, I suppose. Uh, you know, uh, this says ten speed. Hate to be uh hate to be a pill, but ten speed. 
full speed. That's huh? why well, he did say custom touch on this bike. You thought it was just that seat, but no, clearly he meant that transmission. Yeah, custom touch. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was a bad touch. <laughs> it was the bad touch. Show us on the doll where the where the cafe <laughs> racer touched you. Oh my god! Yeah, what a what a wrong thing. It ain't. They don't look so bad. Yeah. You know. See the part. It looks better than the, what we were just looking at. Well, that that is. It looks true. better it, than the green it, chopper. It wouldn't take much to look better <laughs> than the green chopper, though. Let's be perfectly honest about this. I mean, it's got it's got fenders. That is the truth. And a real center stand. That is also the truth. The thing that I think bothers me most about this: two things. One, they decided to put the battery up in the seat so that there would be a hole through the middle of the bike. Yeah, because because reasons. Clean looking. Clean looking and also moving weight upward, which is really good, right? Well, it's not like, this is, you know, not going fast anywhere around anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a bar hopper. Oh. A bar okay. hopper. Bar hopper. A bar hopper. You, you do an East Coast accent very, very bad. Probably about as bad as I do a California accent. If you do a California accent. Bar hopper, dude. Well, you're right. <laughs> bar hopper. We're going. Bye. We're going to ride Bye. down to the bar and drink a couple beer. Beer at the bar. Then we're going to go fuck some shit because mm. it's so boring here where we live. <laughs> <laughs> sheep. No, that's not how it is. No, that's how we imagine it in California. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Todd's putting on his helmet. Putting on my helmet. Helmet's on. Mike is in place. I suppose I should actually put the Cena unit onto the yeah, Cena. Nothing else is, yeah. Yeah. Nothing uh, yeah. else seems to be in order. Uh-huh. Uh, Mike's not centered, but that's probably okay. Oh, my God. Hey. Okay. Mike's not <laughs> centered. Do you have the I'll have speakers you know. in? No. I should we try this? Are you ready to try it? Uh, you want to y- plug in some headphones? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think we'll live. Okay, we're putting on, donning the helmets. Donning the helmet. Our helmets are totally on. Where do the headphones go? In the front. Oh, that's interesting. And the one with the little headphone picture? Yeah, yeah, okay. Shut up. <laughs> Lots of people like me. I will now place the Cena unit into the cradle. Uh-huh. You're asking how to turn it on? Yeah. So you, you hold this button and push down on this at the same time, and you'll hear it crank up. Oh, there it goes. Do-do-do-do. Hello! It talks! Chuck, this is God. I don't know if they're paired. It just made a noise. Oh, wait. Wait. Oh, no. I hear you. No, this can't be happening. Chuck, this is terrible. Oh, my God, I hear you. Oh, this is the worst. Oh, it's so clear. Oh, Chuck is in my helmet. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that is a really, really clear sound, though. <laughs> it's kind of That's cool. Oh, get out of my helmet. We're intercoming. <laughs> We're in the 21st century. It's not like last time where we had to call on the phone in order ah. to do this. Right. This is cool. Yeah. Oh my god. Futuristic. Yeah. Oh. Right. I'm actually pretty I'm pretty impressed with the sound quality, I gotta say. It's so stinky in my helmet. Mine too. Oh. Now I think there's a feature where I can play my music and you can hear it. Really? I think there is a music sharing feature. Yep. Now now since this is something that goes on the side of a helmet, they've cleverly given zero labels to anything because it's not like you can read it. <laughs> There, uh, the app, which you install on your phone, mm-hmm. has a manual. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but teaches you how to do stuff. So if I like consult it, and it's actually you know a spiffy little app, smartphone app. I, I gotta give them credit for that. Hmm. User's guide, uh, da, 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 music sharing, intercom, universal FM radio. Mm-hmm. I don't think I we have FM radio in this. Do it's we? gotta have FM radio, huh? It is FM radio, doesn't it? Uh, there's a manual for it. There's a, there's a physical manual here I can look at. There's no. Oh, that's a quick start guide. I hate those. There's no. Uh, Here's how to turn it on. Good job. There's no because like the twenty has a pop up antenna. Yeah, yeah. For the, the radio. Silliness. Well, you don't need a pop-up say, Wow, this instruction manual is hard. It starts in English, but then it goes into like six other languages. <laughs> it's really difficult. No, no, it's actually not. I haven't I haven't done crap to actually read a manual yet, but I've seemed to have made it, made it work. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking to each other with no problem. Yep, the 20 Mobile was call the Call answering, pairing with other Cenas, stereo music. Stereo music. Wow. Music sharing. No one can live at that speed. And when you terminate music, you can go back to uh, both here and can remotely blah, blah, blah. You can start with uh, using Bluetooth stereo uh, to start or terminate sharing. You press the dial, jog dial for one second during intercom until you hear it. Okay. Uh, press jog dial. Okay. <laughs> Something like poop. So let's see. Let me start playing some, some of the most fanciest J pop I can crank out okay. here. So you just pushed it and it goes to music sharing? What? Do you hear it? You hear it! Yes, I'm J-popping now. <laughs> this is actually J-metal. Oh, yeah, it is kind of metal, isn't it? Yeah. Are there still going to be little girls singing? I can't hear shit. <laughs> <laughs> All I can hear is J-metal. <laughs> they kind of rock. They're actually a pretty good it's, band. It, yeah. They play their own it, instruments. And again, the sound is good, and now they're singing in something... Okay, it's getting loud now. How do I... Oh, okay, that's jog dial. Turns it up and down. Yep. There is a weird buzz. Now, can you hear me? No, I can't hear Okay, sh- so the intercom cuts out. I know out you're during... talking. <laughs> the intercom cuts out during the music. So sharing. do I do that if I want to talk to you? Chuck. Yes. Chuck, your music. It must be stopped. <laughs> On which note, resuming music. <laughs> and it starts back up. Oh my god, this is cool. So your you and your passenger could like, like listen to the same audiobook. Yeah, that's actually the cool I was thinking. Audiobooks for both of us. I'm reading your lips now to hear what you say, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really hard around the chin bar. <laughs> I, I'm just uh I think okay, let's see. Uh to stop it. I'm grooving now. To track forward, rotate. Uh, you're talking and I can't understand a word. <laughs> All I can hear is K pop. That's oh, cool. That's really neat. Chuck, this is God. <laughs> Stop touching myself. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it before. Uh, You're not the first. Been done. <laughs> that one with Take the flaming a- sword was particularly annoying. Take a number. <laughs> okay, so I turn it off by holding the... How's the... Is it the same as the... Onks? Same thing, yeah. You just hold them. You hold the back and, and they'll say the goodbye. Goodbye, yeah. says the Cena voice. Yes. Hey, wait. Oh, turn it back on for a sec. Something I want to try. I swear, Hello. if you say, say a command in my ear, you will eat that helmet. I want to everyone to know that this was worth it. Please say a command. I didn't hear anything. Thank God. <laughs> Intercom's not on. Please say a command. Uh. <laughs>
<laughs> and when I laugh maniacally, I can hear the echo ever from your helmet. It's uh, glorious. All right, this is really cool. Goodbye, Cena voice. This is cooler. This is very cool. It's very cool. I like it. Neat. I've rejoined the future, and weight-wise, because I'm a bastard about weight on helmets, I really, really hate anything that weighs a lot. very particular about the whole helmet world there. Chuck, keep in mind, you, you, uh, I live in my helmet. Yeah. Like, I'm riding in it more than 300 days out of an average year. Yeah. Um, it's gonna have to be freaking comfy. You're very, you're very, do you notice the weight? A little bit. It's not... Not very noticeable. It's definitely lighter than the other one was. Oh, I know. You know what we need to do uh, is mount the Cena camera on this side. That would balance it right out, wouldn't it? <laughs> it totally would. To get the little prism camera. Okay, so it goes up here. You want to listen to more J metal, don't you? Maybe a little. Just, just a little. Only, only feels weird the first time. Great part about that band. Yeah, they dress up as maids. Excellent. They're, they're oh, that's uh, you. You showed me them before. Bandmate, yeah. Bandmate. Oh, uh -huh. that's that's cool. I like that. That's yeah, that's how you get it on and off. Uh, and then you fumble forward. around blindly. Little forward, you're not quite slotted in there. No, I missed. You missed. So don't do this blind. Is the lesson I'm taking. Yeah, there's no really no reason ever to do that with the helmet on. No, no, I'm taking the helmet <laughs> off now. This is like this is like the this is like the uh, you know you always you always put your gloves on. <clears throat> Before you put your helmet on? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. You're in motion. You just, you know, your Cena unit has gone to the wind. Yeah. <laughs> 70 miles an hour. <laughs> boing, boing, boing. No, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Thank you, Cena. Thank you, Cena. Well, I have joined uh, the modern world, and now I can finally have headphones. I actually considered with my scale others a, you know, several people who, of course, are like, well, if you bust it open, you can do some soldering. And if you're good at soldering, you can do this. And you can do headphones. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> it seems even even by my my very you know very careless of uh, of <laughs> of almost everything. Let's be honest, <laughs> my very careless of warranties. That seems extreme. Yeah. The question is, do I put speakers in or do I just not bother? I I just do the earbuds. Yeah. I just you know for like riding into work in the morning. Yeah. If you're in a hurry. Yeah. I have speakers mounted in the modular mm -hmm. just for the, the giggles, mm -hmm. but helmet speakers, I hate them. Yeah. I wasn't, um, I wasn't impressed with them in my last one. Sophie so. does not like them in her helmet. Yeah. Okay. So I can hear her fine when she talks to me, but she says it's hard to hear me. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, she's getting to an age where she may enjoy that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Uh -huh. It's coming. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, so and there soon shall be I. We'll we'll look at these for a little while and then do a mm -hmm. review on the show and let yep. people know what we think about the Cena's newest. Yeah, definitely. Wow, my hand is already really gross right here. And that worked because you're like a Cena newbie, and I've been yep. through a couple you're, models. You've, you've been through a few. Yeah. Have we stalled long enough? Do you think? Well, no, we still not some, nearly long enough. Let's do got, some more classifieds. <laughs> got some classifieds. <laughs> All right. Next up comes one that, okay, I'm going to be honest, I kind of want to ride this one already. A T-Bucket style trike, 5500 in White Pine, New York. For sale, custom built, three and a half year build, one of a kind VW powered T-Bucket style two-seater trike. What does that mean? It's totally a tuk-tuk. That's oh. all you really need to know. Okay. It's a tuk-tuk. Okay. Has a clear Michigan title. Okay. It's White Pine, Michigan. Um, registered as a 2012 assembled motorcycle. 
Only 500 miles on professionally rebuilt engine, runs excellent new front tire, HUD GPS speedometer, AM, FM, CD player, four speakers, approximately 1,500 miles since it was built, must sell. No trades. No trades. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's a Volkswagen back with basically a tuk-tuk on it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you want this. I, I think, come on, tell me this would not be fun to ride around in. Once. Yeah. At least when I, the, 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 well, he does have a heads-up GPS speedometer. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, just just imagine he's you know, beating Scully. Just imagine us riding. <laughs> nice. Just just imagine us riding around in this one for a little bit. Because the other thing about this, take a look at the wider open picture. This guy's thought of all the important little details. Mm. Notably, look at the other side of it now. Okay. Note the horn. Wow. It's a giant auga horn. It's a giant horn. <laughs> What's not to like? Yes, so that? if you're if you're up in the UP, you too could get a tuk-tuk. So he's done a, sort of a, a takeoff of the Volkswagen symbol. Yeah. But what do you think the Y stands for? I don't know. YW. Y-W-U-P-U-P-W? Yep. Uper way? Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you don't want that, we could get this. When this is actually kind of cool, I thought I, 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 this to me looks like worlds collide. Tell this us about it, Chuck. 2009 Kimco 500RI scooter. Bought Which is this, nothing at all like a Bergman or a Silverman. <laughs> Bought this scooter new at Capital Cycle Company in Macon, Georgia mm-hmm. in 2013. This is a high quality scooter and not a cheap Chinese scooter. I bought it for my wife to ride, but she was too intimidated by its size to ride it. In 2014, I ordered the Ender Sidecar Kit in an effort to make it less intimidating for her to ride by making it bigger. <laughs> Long story <laughs> short, go? after investing over $8,000, she I'm is divorced. still not interested in riding. <laughs> I make bad decisions. This scooter is very capable of highway speeds, even with the sidecar brake. It is a real head-turner wherever I go. I just don't have room in my garage for this brake and my other motorcycles, so this needs to go. This is a great little rig for zipping around town by carrying your favorite passenger. The sidecar has a vintage German look and is very popular in the sidecar community. Scooter only has 1,189 miles on it, no more than 200 miles since sidecar added. I do not need any help selling this vehicle. What? I'm assuming it's the, the we can help you sell your bike ads. Yeah, so the thing about this is it looks like it's a nice rig. Yeah. Um, the mounts are a little sketchy. Um, I don't see four points of mounts. I see less than that, which makes me nervy. Okay. Um, but, uh, like two? I do like three, maybe. Three. Uh, but, uh, it just looks so strange together. Look, helmet. <laughs> helmet in trunk. Yeah. With a little pointy finger. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, uh that four? That there, there, three. There. One up there and then two up front? It could be, yeah. Maybe two up front? Yeah, two. Yeah, because there's, there's two, two up front. One there. All right, so it's probably a capable rig. Yeah. It's, uh, but, uh, the, the bullet sidecar on the, on the ultra modern taxi scooter. Black bullet sidecar on, on a, a white ultra modern scooter. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if they were at least the same color that he could pull this yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, that might, that might help. This is, as is, it's, uh, it's, it's a little, a little, odd, little peculiar. A little off setting. You need, someone needs to spring for a paint job. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just, just this a was like the kind of sidecar I was thinking of putting on the Thruxton. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Claude's new version of this sidecar? No. So he has the new big bullet sidecar. Okay. It looks really nice. Yeah. So it's the bullet style, but it's got like a full-on big old honking seat in a trunk. Uh-huh. You know, it's like a, it's as big as a Ural or one of his sidecars. Okay. One of his Ural style ones, but it's a bullet sidecar. Well, you know my daughter; she wants a car sidecar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a spaceship that's a little, sidecar. That's a little harder. A that's, Jetson sidecar. That's pretty much Hannigan or nobody these yeah. days. Or, you know, various hard-to-get uh, European models. That's where she's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I could get a Zeus. Oh, fuck. Well, just just think of think of the think of the possibilities. You should show her the bullet one. Uh-huh. It's one of the bikes that he had it mounted to was a Rocket 3. I was like, Mm. That was pretty cool. Intriguing. That they look be... nice together, which is weird because you would think the Rocket Three, being modern, would be like this, where it's totally badly matched. But again, they're the same color. Yeah, and that's really that's <laughs> the thing is the color ends up being pretty close to the same chrome mm. and you know whatever. So yeah, yeah okay. It's uh, if this was painted black and maybe had some chrome accents, it might it might it might work. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Says the guy mounting a naked sport bike to a yeah big like. The, torpedo. Well, one's blue, right? Torpedo. A blue <laughs> torpedo. Hey, it's blue and silver, and the bike is silver. And let's totally. be honest, the bike has basically nowhere to put paint. It has paint <laughs> on the tank and the tail section, and that's it. Uh-huh. Everything else is is engine, basically. I'm, I'm sure it'll look very smooth. Mm-hmm. Totally smooth. Yep. Yeah. Well... It's really okay. Nice. If it'll make you feel better, put pictures on the internet. We'll have we can just we can have a sidecar race, <laughs> and I won't shift above second gear, <laughs> just to make it interesting. <laughs> that's that's not fun. We won't talk about the timing advancer I just installed in the. <laughs> I completed the carb work. I, I'll just tie a rope to yours. There you go. <laughs> you know, you know the thing it is is with that banded engine. I won't bring notice. <laughs> No. I just won't even. I'll be like, boy, is there something heavy in the sidecar? I'll just wait until we get up to a, an appropriate speed and then start reeling myself in. <laughs> <laughs> and then just do a little yank right before the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get ahead of me? At this point, know. the year old suspension is going to be going, like, <laughs> the wheels will be, kind of bars. Just I'm like taut chained to the bike. A sound, a sound like a jet engine coming from the the sidecar drive shaft. I'm not even. I'm not even sitting on the bike. I am strapped in with the four point harness into the sidecar, holding on, <laughs> holding on to your handlebars with your feet swinging in the wind, going, Ah, what have I done? I made that choice, but I win. So you know, it's all right. How are you gonna stop? Don't know. No idea. <laughs> I'm figuring maybe I'll just go around the corner and bury the nose. <laughs> See if I can just really auger that one. <laughs> Which takes some doing because the gear up is pretty tall. Yeah, but you know, I'll have the speed. Yeah, that is that is one. You know, that'll be one of your advantages. It's a lot harder for you to auger the nose of your sidecar in. <laughs> With my rig, it'll be pretty easy to auger in the nose. <laughs> uh, so either you, like. Either I take a corner too fast and die horribly, or that's your, that's your best hope. I win at the finish line and die horribly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's gonna be a great race. Fantastic race. Should be exciting. Okay. All right. We should. We should. Uh, we should get a guest on. It was cool. A guest. A cool guest. Really? I mean, 
We've talked so much about seeing already. Do we really even need a guest at this point? Uh, I suppose not. Let's just not do the guest this week. Yeah, let's not. We'll just we'll just tease it. Yeah. Or you know. Oh, you know what? We just what? tease the guest for the next six shows. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. I like that. We don't say which show he's going to be on. We're mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. it'll be like the old Batman show. Ooh, yes. <laughs> will will the guest ever show up on Wheel Nerds? <laughs> Or should we, you know, just get on with it and talk to somebody cool? Like, I don't know, for the sake of argument, let's say Eric Buell. All right. So uh, we're on with uh, someone some of our listeners might be uh, familiar with. He's the front man for Eric Buell and the Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Eric? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Chuck. I'm glad. Also, he's in this little company called EBR. So Yeah, he makes – you you do, you do like uh, like cafe racers or something like that? Yeah, that right? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cross rockets, and he was telling me, it's like, oh my god, well, Ulysses yeah. is a cross. Ulysses is a crotch rocket, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a total rice burner. Yeah, Chuck has the speeding tickets to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's abuse. I, I wrote spicy bean tofu on the on the side of my Ulysses just so it would fit in at bike night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kanji does make things faster. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Um, okay. Finally, obligatory show. Obligatory starting point. We got to ask all our guests. What are you riding these days? Uh, the 1190SX okay. BR. All right. Can, can you get parts for that? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Eric's <laughs> <laughs> like, you betcha. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't needed any. Other than the accessory stuff, I've been sticking on it. But yeah, yeah. It's Do running you... just uh, awesome. Okay, let me ask you this, because you, your background is as a racer. Do you enjoy street riding? Oh, very much. I mean, they're two very different things, but I just love riding motorcycles. I I'd ride one anywhere just about. Okay. Yeah. So many of the racers we've talked to are like, no, riding on the street's crazy. It's madness. It's mad, yeah. yeah. And they just get they get well locked into that track mentality. Well, yeah. I guess if you want to ride on the street as if you were racing, then it's kind of foolish. But they're just two different, two different animals. And they're all bike skills. You know, they're just different, you know. Instead of watching the apexes and all that stuff, you're watching the station wagons and the textures. And mm-hmm. the it point keeps you busy. The people eating their cereal in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Eric Buell, what, what comes first? The racer or the engineer? Oh, God. It's got to be the engineer. I have to say it after all these years. I'd still, probably nothing as, as intensely burned into my memory as, uh, as races uh, are even after all these years, but, you know, I think it's just the fact is I've gotten so many, so many more years engineering, and I'm a better engineer than I was a racer, although I was a pretty good racer. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, on the engineering thing, so talking of the street and race thing, one thing occurred to me, so the common thing you hear about Buells is, boy, this is a really fast sport bike, and it's also great on the road. It's not, you know, really peaky or that. Do you feel like there's any inherent conflicts between making a racing machine and making a road machine? To a certain extent, yes. Um, you know, certainly a, a MotoGP bike is the finest, you know, road racing product on the world, and it would be an absolutely horrible street motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they really, you know, have different, you know, goals. And so when you design something like a Ulysses, you do it to a very different, you know, agenda than you would a, you know, a race bike. And, um, mm-hmm. but, you know... I think you can make a, a good road bike. You can go pretty quickly on a road race course on a really good road bike, and you can do. You really would hate riding a pure race bike on the road. Hmm. So, 
especially if it's, you know, if it's just done well. So, you know how that goes. It's always fun to see a really good rider you know, mm-hmm. on, on a street bike just going stupidly quickly on a racetrack, you know, at a track day or something. I'm thinking of our local guy on the Honda Ascot who makes us all look like total chumps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're responsible for a lot of kind of pretty cool innovations over the years, such as the, the fuel in the frame, the, the oil in the, uh, the swing arm, the brakes. What emerging technology or design are you particularly excited about now? Oh, no, I can't really talk about the new things that, you know, that we're working on. Oh, all their secrets. <laughs> so there is a secret mad scientist bike lab that you have somewhere that only you have the key to. Yeah, definitely there is. And there's that the little lab with some insane projects. And then there's where my, my mind is full of even more insane projects that I haven't been able to execute yet. But, you know, in, in general, it's just, I, I like, I like, you know, it's not about innovation for innovation's sake. It's always trying to figure out a solution to make a better motorcycle that leads us to, or has led me and the guys that I kind of work for me to coming up with innovative, you know, crazy solutions. So it's not like we're out there looking for crazy solutions. It's when you start designing a new bike for a new market or a new anything, you start, first of all, thinking, you know, what what are the best attributes of other bikes in that category? And then what are the things that really aren't so good? Or, you know, what might be the limitations if I tried to solve this problem with a different solution to make, you know, you know, a, uh, you know, a bike that would work better for people. So I might have to pick, you know, some components that are out of the ordinary. And then to compensate for them, I have to do something really extraordinary to make those work. And that that's kind of what drives me. So, we, you know, we, that's always been the case. There's quite a few products that we've done that have never, that didn't get produced by Buell that were near production that I think would have been really cool. And then we, you know, did consulting projects for people that are really cool. And and there's no common theme other than innovation. You know, it's, I use fuel in the frame for a, a big V twin with, um, because it gives you room for a big air box, um, mm-hmm. which you need with a big twin. Um, it's not that fuel in the frame is the solution for every motorcycle. Um, or if I applied it to a different kind of mic, it might be done in a different way, but that that's kind of what it's all about, whether I'm doing an electric bike or a hybrid bike or, you know, a small economy bike or, you know, or, uh, or a super bike, there's, mm-hmm. you know, different solutions come up because you're struggling with the, you know, problem. What, what, what do you see as being problems with today's modern street bikes? Well, they get, you know, they're really great motorcycles, but you know, things can always be better. And that, that's, you know, if not, we'd all still be riding, you know, uh, old triumphs or something, you know, which mm-hmm. they're fun, but they're also, <laughs> <laughs> you will spend a lot of time in the garage. Speaking of old bikes, can, can you tell us about the RW750? <laughs> yeah, that was a true case of madness, but you know, and that, 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 uh, that was my, the first bike we ever did. And I just, I did it for a couple of reasons. One is I wanted something to race myself. That's how it originally started was I was uh-huh. working for Harley and I had a, been racing a Ducati and Superbike and a Yamaha TZ 750 in Formula One. And then I went to work for Harley as an engineer. And I had to take a year or two off just because I didn't have any vacation time to go racing with or anything. Um, and then when I went back to racing, Harley kind of was in hard times in the very early 80s is when I was there. 
and I felt guilty riding other brands. So I wound up mm. getting this crazy project out of England and then so that I wouldn't have to ride a Yamaha or Ducati. And, um, and that was kind of it. That was kind of a loyalty to my fellow employees or, you know, and that kind of part of this mm-hmm. whole thing of me saying, you know, we, we got to build some of this stuff in, in America, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I figured that I'd do this. Now, that's kind of been a, a theme throughout as, as there was Buell for Harley and then Eric Buell racing is it seems, it seems to be really important to you that you have it built here in America and that, uh, I don't know. I guess it feels like you, you're trying to build a family in a real, I don't know. The brand is kind of inside the building too, not just on the marketing. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, the, the thing is that I, I really believe that American engineering brings a different perspective to the marketplace than other countries. I think we are the most innovative engineers in the world, um, given the right circumstances and you're not buried into a big corporation or anything, you know, if you're allowed to think out of the box, we do it incredibly well. You know, Elon Musk shows that kind of stuff. You know, it's a, the problems happen when you have big corporations with a bunch of bean counters that start, you know, being all inflated about money they're making with the brilliant ideas that one guy had one time. And then they kind of kill off all the other brilliant guys, you know, but in general, you know, whether it be, you know, in all sorts of fields, we're very innovative. So that, I thought, was something, just as a motorcyclist, that I saw missing, that I thought would really matter. And then the second thing is that, you know, every job, and certainly the bikes are not 100% not made, all the parts are certainly not from here. We do what we can here. But it's, it's impossible to build sure. a, a, a rationally priced motorcycle out of all parts bought in the U.S. But a lot of them are bought in the U.S., and all the engineers are here, and the guys who are putting them together here. And so by far, they have more American content than any other uh, sport motorcycle. So that also mattered to me because I came from, you know, I, I just am a huge believer that we need manufacturing desperately in this country that, you know, we've gone away from it and it's really hurt us. You know, I came from Pittsburgh, so I came from a town that was ravaged by that. And, you know, it's come back in a different form, but that whole blue collar, we could build stuff with our hands. I think that's an important part of any, you know, society. And, and I also like those kind of guys, you know, yeah, I have an engineering degree, but I worked my way through nights, did it through night school while I was working as a flat rate mechanic and you know, doing all that stuff. And I have a lot of respect for people who, who make stuff. They're a lot smarter and a lot more valuable than you would think. And a lot of people who have that kind of style of, you know, that's in their inherent, inherent DNA, how they like to do things. They're really, they can't fulfill themselves otherwise. That, 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 that's what they do. You know, not everybody's an accountant, not everybody's a journalist, not everybody's a media person. There's a lot of people who just the best that they can do comes out when they can put their hands on things. I think we've given too much of that away. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about being isolationist or anything. You know, stuff can come from overseas. That's fine, too. But we really did give more of it away than we should have. And so my thought was, I think I can bring a little bit of it back here. Mm hmm. That, that, that really does matter to me. And, it, and at the same time, I know we're building a great product, which is the first thing we're out to do is build really wonderful motorcycles. But at the, at the same time, it's also really cool jobs for a lot of people. It's a motorcycle you won't let me ride, Eric. <laughs> I've tried so hard to ride one for free. <laughs> I can't give them away to everyone, I guess. <laughs> I even buy my own, man. <laughs> you come in, you sit down in the dealership. You're like, can I have that SX? They're like, um... We need to uh, do some paperwork. Like, but, but I can, I, can you sign here? 
Can, I already signed the bike. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> Do you know who I am? The funny thing is when you're filling out the paperwork at the DMV and the lady goes, no, 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 don't put that name there. That's where your name is. <laughs> no, 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 sir. Sir, that's no, no. That's, that's for your name. That's your name. Yeah, that's the, the, the bikes. <laughs> Silly, sir. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> okay, Mr. Mr. 1190SX. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have that problem anymore. So you you kind of talked a little bit around the edges here. Let's let's talk about Harley, um, if that's cool. Sure. You've been you've been with them on and off for a long time through the eighties, the nineties, the uh, the the zeros. What what have you seen change culture wise with Harley during those decades? Oh, they've certainly had their ups and downs, and. Um, you know, it's just, it's a great brand name and uh, they do really neat products and they're going to continue to have, you know, ups and downs. It's a little bit of, you know, the way to, you know, market is and sometimes those, you know, the, the way the leadership is, it's, you just don't, don't always have a permanent, wonderful, sun shining day, but all in all, they're still in business. They're still making money. They're still making really good motorcycles. Um, and it's interesting to watch and see different leaders do different things and see what happens. And when you're on the inside watching it, and, you know, some I thought more of than others, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, but that's the way it goes with companies. I think. Did it feel like you were pushing a rock up the hill when you were working with Harley in, in the, in the zeros? Well, you know, in some ways it was, but on the other hand, we made a lot of really neat bikes. I just, absolutely. We could have been, you know, we could have done more. And that was always the part that made me tear my hair out a little bit, you know, because I would see, um, you know, a lot of internal projects that they did that really didn't make sense. And most of us didn't see the light of day, but they burned up a lot of money. It mm. seemed like you guys were right on the edge of something in in, uh, in 2010. It, it seemed like Buell was like right just about to do something really big. Yeah, we were really doing well and we were, uh, you know, um, uh, our growth was really good. We hit almost 15,000 units a year. You know, our, our growth rate was accelerating, and we'd had our best year. Which, for selling motorcycles in those years, is pretty impressive. Yeah, this was like during the financial crash. I mean, it really is. Certainly by Harley numbers, it was hmm. small because, you know, they were doing at their peak. You know, we were, they were doing – we were 5% or something. They were doing 300,000 motorcycles or something, right? But if you looked at a Moto Guzzi or many other brands – you know, or victory or anything like that at the time, we were really doing well. But Harley-Davidson hit a horrible mm. patch, um, and and drastic measures were needed, and it was horrifying to me that it was that it happened. But, you know, that we hit a terrible recession, and Harley was not poised very well mm. for a recession. They weren't ready for it. Big, expensive bikes. And they had been a little fat and happy, and... They're still riding that cruiser wave. And they were just were spending a lot of money from a business that they shouldn't have been spending. That when you looked at it, the only thing that supported it was really high volumes and really high margins. And and when that got hit, you know, their stock went from seventy five dollars a share, you know, like a year before the recession, to nine dollars a share. It didn't get cut in half like the you know, everybody mm -hmm. freaks about the marketplace cutting in half. They lost ninety percent of their value. And it was really desperate times. I don't think people really realize that from a business 
you know, because it was still Harley and they still had cachet, but they were in trouble. And so they brought on a guy mm-hmm. who literally just slashed and burned uh, them back out of the abyss. And uh, we were we were part of the, you know, unfortunately, we got clipped for that. In the long run, we would have paid off. But at that time, there was nothing they could do except, mm-hmm. you know, just get down mm-hmm. to the bare essentials. Is that why they they shuttered Buell as opposed to trying to sell it? The reason for that was they didn't want something they said was that they didn't want another company to buy it and have access to their dealers' uh, lines of credit. Oh, interesting. Oh, because of interesting. the Interesting, yeah, because credit is big. That's big money, huh? Which makes perfect sense. So they they needed that those dealers to be buying every cent that that mm-hmm, dealer mm-hmm. had. They were hoping they'd use to buy a Harley, and they didn't want it to buy a a Buell. Or if we were sold to a company that sold other products like snowmobiles mm-hmm. or something, maybe those dealers would all of a sudden start have connection to them. So that was that was the deal there. Huh? Okay, interesting. Sort of the sort of the opposite effect of the Triumph and uh, BMW, where Triumph always looks for a BMW shop to move into. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. So. You- well, I'm sure if if both of those, you know, if we'd have hit a dire situation for those companies, it would be, I mean, I, I'm sure when that, those companies aren't very happy when that happens, you mm-hmm. know, and if if they had any control over it, they would not let it happen, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but they don't. And in this case, both brands were owned by the same company. Uh, yes. So yeah. they did have control over it. Hmm. <laughs> so outside of, I, I always try to think of this, there's Willie Davidson mm-hmm. and then there's Eric Buell. I can't think of another brand where you're like that guy. There's the Gucci family, but but it's kind of like a vague, like yeah. the latest of the Gucci's. No one is going, "Hey, Ichiro Honda, would you sign my Super Blackbird?" Well, I'm sure they were. Yeah, he's not around anymore. He was. A, <laughs> but, <laughs> he probably would have. No, I mean you. You are signing people's motorcycles. You have got this this kind of attraction. These, you know, I I remember. One of the things I watched with you, it was this sort of craftsman special where you're talking about bikes and these men are looking at you and you can see them already naming their firstborn after you in their heads. <laughs> what, what do you, what, what do you, if I'd had a son, you know, things might have gone a little different. I'm just saying. I don't think my daughter would appreciate the name Eric, but you know. But what do you think is behind that dynamic? Why are you know you you've got the the old the old uh, the Buell Homecoming days when you guys reopened the factory for EBR? I you know it's not you know it's it's not me. I'm kind of like the idiot figurehead for for the for the for the what it stands for, which is that stuff of American made you know American concepts pioneering. Those things really resonate with people, and, and that's what gets them excited. You know, what we're doing, it really isn't me, and except I get singled out. One of these days, I'm going to pass on, and I think the company will stand for that, which is that kind of unique. We don't have to make excuses. We can be incredibly innovative. You know, we can do stuff with without a lot of, you know, we can accomplish a lot with a little, and, you know, build amazing things and be happy while we're doing it. And, you know, non-corporate, I think a lot of the people who know about us know we're, we're all been a really flat organization at Buell and at EBR. And that, again, that comes from a little what I believe in, but it's America. It's not me. About how many people is EBR right now? I don't know. We're probably maybe, maybe 15. 
mm-hmm. full time. And then we have people who come in in the evening who have other jobs who are, you know, XCBR guys who are waiting for us to get growing again. They come in and do crazy stuff and put in extra See, hours. you got guys coming in after they work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So 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 now uh, speaking of the, the corporate thing and the, the the kind of the corporate brain now, there's a lot of skepticism online about whether a race team is a healthy thing. You know, like Honda Honda sneezes and sneezes out more money than a race team uses. Um, but there's a lot of skepticism that a race team is really a good spend of money for a boutique brand. Um, and this is true for basically anybody who's not the big four or for Harley. I don't even know if they have a race team, but. Flat you track. seem to feel really strongly that the race team is important. Can you talk a little bit about that or why you why you feel like that's a thing that has to happen? Well, you know, certainly when, with Buell, we didn't have a full-time race team. We were very mm-hmm. much supportive of privateer racers and that sort of stuff because I love to show the fact that the bikes are, you know, work. But, you know, we really didn't do a lot of that. When we started EBR, the, the situation was a real simple one, is, is I needed to get that brand reestablished. Sure. And I set a goal that what I would race, that racing was really important to me, but I set a very limited amount that we would spend on it, and I said, I'm going to fund it with sponsorship. I'm not going to pay for it myself. Mm. And that was wound up in, in its own way, and when it was the final end came down, a little bit of a mixed blessing. But I did not spend... Mm. EBR money on racing. Interesting. Oh. So a lot of people go, oh, that idiot took all that money and threw it away in World Superbike. That money was given to us to race in World Superbike. Okay. Period. Hmm. And they didn't want us racing anywhere else. If I, could have, if, I could have, if I could have done other things that could have been direct retail marketing instead with that money, I'd have danced for joy. But that's not what I did. I couldn't take the money and move it over and say, oh, we're actually not running our race team. I just took that money and put it over here. Um, so that's that's how that worked, and, and you know, and again, it wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't enough to be really racing at that sure. level, but it was getting our brand out there, and it was money. I didn't have mm-hmm. anything else. I didn't have money to market um, other than mm-hmm. that, you know, in my budget. So that's that's how that goes. And you know, it, it wasn't a bad shot. As it was a point of like, this is not the reason I wanted to to race. Oh, again, without losing you know, money on it. The reason I wanted to race was to make the point that this isn't Buell anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, these aren't Harley Davidson engines. These are superbike engines, you know? And so, you know, the second race we ever, AMA race we ever ran, we were on the podium and, you know, that got people's attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, we were, it was out at uh, Sears Point and I think Jeff got on the podium in one race and Danny got on the podium in the other. And uh, we had, they actually qualified second and third, mm-hmm. you know, behind Josh or maybe it was one of the Suki's. I think I don't know. And that was a big deal. So you know that 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 got in Plato's. But again, it wasn't my. And it, and it is, it is something you can't afford to fund as a small boutique manufacturer. You've got to have somebody funded who like Amsoil, who wants the brand and mm-hmm. loves what you're doing and thinks you fit their image. And you know when they we sponsored us and they said. You know, they told me it was the best sponsorship dollars they ever spent. The increase in motorcycle oil sales and the letters they got and everything about it were mm-hmm. off the charts. They said it helped them sell Harley oil, oil for Harleys and oils for sport bikes. Because, <laughs> mm. again, we're kind of in that weird gray area between the two. Sure. EBR just announced they were returning to a, a, a partnership with a racing team, right? Can you tell us yep. about that? Well, that's a private team that has run the last – for a number of years out of out of England, they've run 
a lot of stuff. They run Aprilia's, they run other, you know, uh, brands of uh, super bikes. And a few years ago, they, they bought one of our bikes. I guess the principal actually bought one to start out with and then got a couple more. <laughs> and uh, yeah. They got fighting over yours. <laughs> so he's, he's a really interesting guy, really cool guy. Well, you would just love it. He's just an avid motorcyclist enthusiast and, you know, works his brains out for it. The team owner, like, but he likes running like the Isle of Man and Macau and those sorts of races because he loves the story. He likes telling the story. He likes telling people about, you know, these events and about, you know, these things that bring hundreds of thousands of spectators, you know, that, that we don't even know about. So he got really hooked on the bug of those kinds of events and how exciting they were and international they were. And then he, um, then they decided that they'd run the Chinese Superbike series last year with the EBR because he spent a lot of time in Macau and he has a business, part of his business is in China and Hong Kong. And they decided they'd try that out and they wound up winning every round over factory teams and just blowing everyone's mind, quite frankly. And so when we were coming back, you know, this year and, uh, and he did that after we were shut down and he did it, you know, we were trying, he couldn't even get parts out of our building for a while because we were locked up, mm-hmm. but they kept racing and they literally went one, six out of six races and, and, um, with two different riders. Cause the first rider quit after the first two rounds, mm-hmm. um, because he didn't want to go to China anymore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they came this year and they said, look, we have sponsors on board and, you know, we want to run a team, but we really, can we, you know, can we be your factory team this year? Can, you know, can you work with us that way? I said, <laughs> you know, man, absolutely. I can't do it myself. Thank you. You know, thanks for not going anywhere else. It's like, no, I never would. I love you. I love your bikes. They're the best. You know? So the guys love them. They love riding them. And, and he got such a huge thrill out of beating the factory teams with a private thing. Um, <laughs> they had one bike and one engine. They ran the entire series and never swapped the engine out. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and they have a great picture of him with the factory Yamaha team in the background with like 11 motorcycles lined up. <laughs> and, and, and there's the, the, the mechanic and the team owner and the rider, three guys sitting there with their, you know, hand, chins on their hands looking at those bikes, you know, like, hmm. I'm picturing a giant Yamaha vending machine. <laughs> and then they slapped the plates on the Buell and rode it home. <laughs> it's almost like that. I'm not making this stuff up. You can't believe it. It's just crazy. So it's, that's the kind of stuff. And he, so he loves that kind of stuff. He loves the story, the experience. He kind of, you know, likes being in a, in a uh, yeah, well, obviously when you do the Isle of Man and the Macau, it's all about kind of old school motorcycling risk. Like you're saying, it's like, you know, the, then came Bronson, you know, you ride up to the racetrack and take the plate off and go win and, and go home, you know? And so for him, this winning those races in China just was over the moon take in, that, China. In, in what he wanted to do. And it was really cool. There are no Chinese brands there, the Japanese, whatever. And so we're really the brand all of a sudden EBR is very, exciting in China because this is a huge event series oh. with millions of spectators on TV and and it's not Japanese <laughs> so you know yay <laughs> <laughs> you're already up one that's, that's already a positive let me let me go back a little bit um back to the Ulysses I'm on my second one you I'm, will always go back to the Ulysses I, I will always go back to the Ulysses <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to the man whose name is on my bike leave me alone <laughs> proceed <laughs> 
out of curiosity, I'm just, I'm really curious. How much of a hand did you have personally in the Ulysses? Cause that was, that was a kind of a, a departure for, for the, for Buell at the time. We had a, I guess I had a lot to do with all this. Certainly there was a team of guys who did the design, but. Were you like, hey, I want a bike I can be upright on? That was a, that was a real labor of love for me. And that, that's the bike that I ride more. I didn't ride my SX a lot because it's pretty cool, but I have a Ulysses here that has more miles on it than any Buell ah! I ever owned. I mean, I just, I rode a lot. And, uh. Great. So. They're great bikes. They really are. They do everything. Follow up question. When's the successor to that bike coming? Yeah, my Strom's getting long in the tooth, and at the time the Ulysses came out, I loved it, and I couldn't afford a Ulysses, so I got a Ratbag Strom instead, and it's getting old. He's the one that got me into the Ulysses. Yeah, I actually told him to buy it. Well, I'm glad you did. I bet he's glad, too. They've been fun bikes for you. You know, I want to, uh, you know, we'd like to do, we need to do other products off the platform we have, you know, like we did with the XP. Um, mm-hmm. and we will, and it's all about, it's not necessarily, am I going to do a Ulysses, but you know, the SX and the, you know, and, and the uh, RX are both pretty cool bikes. And what's interesting is I've been riding this SX to say, well, what if I rode this every day? Say, okay. Well, it's geared a little tall. doesn't have super long suspension. I haven't taken around a single track trail yet, but I think if I put up like a 48 rear two sprocket on, I might try my little motocross course here on the farm. <sighs> I don't know if the clutch will survive, but anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Thanks. Think all, th- I just got burned by Eric. <laughs> you just got burned. <laughs> and, and think of, and if you know, if you put the different sprocket on, think of how much money you'll save on front tires. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. I have to laugh at you. You think about, they are fun. Honestly, Ulysses, you can ride it on trails that people can't believe you can. And uh, I, I have this little single track thing course here on my farm which is really the best bike on it is almost an xr 100 you know if you're on a you know a 450 motocross bike you're you're in huge trouble but i've taken the ulysses around it and started going fast and <laughs> like this thing's really going good i'm really hooked up it's going oh my god i have to turn and boom through through the bushes you know <laughs> 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 why was it called the ulysses it's just the adventure and a little bit of the labor of Hercules. Well, yeah, I thought maybe he just he read, you know, James Joyce, the, the novel about nothing. You know, it's uh-huh. it's it's they they make yeah. you read that in, in schools. <laughs> yeah, didn't you read James Joyce? That that's a hard book to read, man. It doesn't have punctuation and stuff. Well, that's kind of the way I talk and think, so that's fine. <laughs> no time for punctuation. I'm going too fast. <laughs> SX is in fourth gear during the EBR days, and I think probably even before the SX came out when you just had the, the the rx people were asking what about this ax we keep hearing about yeah there was the picture on the site the tantalizing there picture the, on the, the site just the letters i yeah. think it, all i said was ax and everyone's just like that's the adventure one yeah <laughs> tell us about that one and you know we'd go to like i remember I, I went to the aim expo and i was there with guys from another podcast and we were talking to one of the guys at booth and we're like what about the ax and they just looked us straight in their face, and they're just like, there's no such thing. Yeah, if any of your booth guys came home crying, it may have been because of Chuck. Well, it's certainly, you know, it's a bike that we, you know, we'd like to do. And maybe there's some variations in between that and, a, you know, a full X. You know, we did the Ulysses, and then we did mm-hmm. the Ulysses XT that didn't have the long gravel suspension, mm-hmm. but had, you know, a more comfortable mm-hmm. riding position and stuff. So there's a, 
there's a lot of variations, but that kind of bike, you know, is, is something we're, you know, going to do or bikes like that because it's a, it's a great platform. This is a super strong engine, really durable and, um, and mm-hmm. has great mid range even. Yes. Everyone told me it was great and when they even, got to it, test ride it. You've got to ride one. <laughs> and I know. We've got to get you on one. You know, <laughs> if you look at it, I mean, the thing makes well, you know, you know, I, I, 185 crank horsepower. You're talking about, you know, 162 crank horsepower <laughs> at the rear wheel. So I remember we had the Ducatis that was the same displacement. And uh, now they've got a little bit bigger one. But the one with the same displacement had like four more horsepower, rear wheel horsepower than us at the peak. We've got 22 more in the mid-range. I mean, everywhere except the last 500 RPM, we make more power. And that's – so it's a really a nice engine. And the Ducati's a wonderful engine, but this is an amazing engine that we have. And so, you know, you can ride it every day as a street bike. It isn't, you know, finicky. And it took a lot of work to make it that way because, again, you know, Dugati makes a wonderful engine, but we've got an engine with a bigger power band, more mid-range per cc than, than any twin that's ever been built. And, you know, it's because I want it to be able to be ridden anywhere. And and so the, we're going to do other derivatives of it. And uh, But I can't say what they are exactly when, but we're really lean and small now. And our big focus right now is just getting really good dealers in place and, you know, getting prod out and make sure that we have parts mm-hmm. for the bikes and make sure that the service is there. And, you know, we're just mm-hmm. going to grow in a really controlled fashion. You know, the prior version of the company grew really, really fast because we had a partner who theoretically wanted us to go really fast. And we When the announcement first came out, mm-hmm. the Hero and Buell working together, it sounded great because, you know, I think Hero, we're going to get the right in EBR now. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, Hero's pumping out thousands of teeny-weeny bikes for every Buell that comes out. And so it sounded cool because there'd be this big national thing and then it kind of like went dark and then horribly bad um there was the one aim expo where they were there hero was there with ebr and they were really pushing that they were going to hit the american market within a year mm-hmm. and then they're conspicuously absent now well yeah. you know again that's really pretty so funny what, what are you you know obviously this is pretty emotional for me i lost my company luckily it's in the ownership now of some really wonderful people that are going to do the right stuff with it right I lost the ownership. I'm a loss in an insane amount of money. So I'll be working for a long time. <laughs> that was all my retirement. You'll be working for this Buell company? <laughs> You're going to work for this Buell thing? Are you the guy? boss? Well, Oh, not even of. remotely anymore. But uh, they do listen to me, though, some of the time. Uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, this was, a, once again, a corporate thing. And I, mm. I don't know the inside story what happened. But mm. that's what it was. Again, it's, you know, you know big companies have shifts and they can do shocking things that, that, that are unexpected. Now we did the best thing we could, which was get back in business, get the, the company back, get it running, have parts available, have bikes, you know, have a new dealer network and we're back and we'll be a, a lot smarter. Um, we also, I also had this in through that relationship, had the, the fortune to do a whole range of pretty amazing products. We designed 17, mm. 17 motorcycles for them. 17? Yes. For Hero? Yes. Wow, okay. And I remember how many, in the, how uh, many brands here have 17 models? <laughs> well, you havenven't seen them all yet. So <laughs> ah, the, um, the thing out of it was, although a lot of them, some of them been in shows, you know, as concepts are not finished, you know, but they've got, they got to finish executing them. But, you know, that it really proved to me that, the kind of the concept that we were thinking of that this American engineers and pioneering thinking, you know, can do anything. And we are by no means stuck in the race mode. Cause you know, like I said, we did 
electric product. We did serial hybrid product. We did, you know, two fifties and one hundreds and, you know, middle weights and, and, you know, uh, rural, you know, like an urban, a rural, rural two wheel Jeep um, product. And all this stuff came out of an, an, you know, hydrogen fueled concept vehicle of the future. It all came from East Troy. And so the answer is we can do anything here in America and we can do it really fast and really innovative. And the products we did won, you know, best motorcycle of the show and, you know, got rave reviews and, you know, for the company that we did them for, but we did them. And, and it just, you know, fired me up as the, we can do this. We just got to, you know, not make a business mistake. Balance the excitement with the pragmatism. So, your current position now is your your CTO, the chief engineering dude at EBR. Yes, chief technical officer. Question mark. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I I got I have to explain this to you because I, I I don't want it to sound like I'm 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 picking on EBR or I'm trying to get you to send me a free bike to um, PO Box <laughs> nine zero two zero four five Sandy Utah nine eight four no but. I, I went to the AIM Expo uh, a couple of years ago where, when the the Hero and EBR combined thing was there and the truck was there and, and the and the, there was a fleet of bikes there. <laughs> and uh, I went out there one day with a bunch of the, the other podcasters and we were like, hey, can we ride these bikes? Can we demo them? Because you're here in the demo area and everyone's demoing. And they were like, eh, no. And I was just like, oh, heartbreaking, you know. We tried to talk them into it. They said no. We tried to distract them to steal the bikes. They beat one of us up. I won't say who, James. <laughs> Anyways, long story short, next day I had to fly out. I get on the plane. They call me. James calls me and says, hey, guess what we're getting to test ride? And he starts his SX up so I can hear it over the phone. <laughs> Which, if I were a conspiracy-minded person, I would have questions. I have no idea. That is I, why. I had nothing to do with running that. <laughs> it's obviously changed now. I have, you know, I don't know what was going on, and I have no idea why it would be. I'm not saying you guys have my picture there with, you know, do not admit on it. But I'm not saying you guys don't have my picture <laughs> there <laughs> with a do not ride. So so I got to ask. So, you, so you've got these really cool bikes that go massively fast. Um is it is it worrying sometimes? I mean, on the one hand, you know, people aren't going to buy a fancy bike if they don't ride it. On the other hand, do you, do you have this little cringe every time someone rides off on one? You know, especially if they like leave with one wheel in the air. <laughs> well, you know, you always have that. Um, you know, a little bit of concern. You know, for anybody that rides away. You know, my son rides away on, you know, heading out to you know to Colorado or something. <sighs> Be safe, man. You know. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it is, it is what it is. And I hope, you know, you always hope nobody gets hurt. Um, you know, having worked all the years that I did in, you know, motorcycle shops, I'm here for a decade, you know, working as a service manager and a flat rate mechanic and a parts guy and all that kind of stuff for every brand in the world. Oh God, we used to see the most insane things happen at dealerships. So, you know, you you know, it's something that you've, you've got to watch out for. Uh, luckily, it doesn't happen very, you know, often that anybody gets, you know, yeah. gets hurt. Um, you hope that people don't lie. You, you know, make sure that they have an actual driver's, you know, motorcycle driver's license and, 
try to talk to them and be sensible and, you know, usually take a lead rider out. And if somebody does something silly, you pull up next to them and pull the keys out. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, please tell me you've done that. Yes, I have actually. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. You know what? No. (laughs) New plan. You're walking. So you mentioned your son rides. Now, does does he ride a Buell and have the same problem at the DMV when he shows up? <laughs> no, sir. No, he's this, actually my this... stepson, so he doesn't have the same, you know, last name. But uh, okay. He's, uh, okay. actually, right now, he's riding a, uh, a, a smaller bike. And uh, he's, down in, he's down in Florida, in, in Miami, and working, doing, he's like working for a construction firm. He's an engineer down there, and he's like... And, you know, all I need is something little and tiny to wiggle through traffic, man. I can't ride. You can't ride fast down here. There's too many idiots. Yeah. Okay. If it's not motorcycles and it's not engineering, what does Eric Buell do for fun? You mentioned guitar. I do a little bit of that. Um, But (laughs) I'm right now, I've got this, my band is, you know, if one person isn't in, you know, urgent care, the next one is uh, we've got this band that's like, would you guys please get healthy, man? So, and we even played together for months and months and months and months. But um, yeah, the last thing I saw from you guys is you were looking for a bass player. <laughs> yeah, luckily, he's uh, having the, the second stint put in is uh, uh, well, next week. So maybe he'll be back. Good God. Anyhow. Uh, is but, it the food in Wisconsin? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've had you know blood clots in the lungs of you know one guy, and he has a tent in his in his house to fill it with oxygen to try to survive. Oh, it's just been awful. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> Rock and roll is tough on you. Oh, that's all I can say. Apparently, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Get a hundred and sixty horsepower motorcycle, that's way safer than Throw that guitar down. Are you trying to kill yourself? But and then I you know, I I I ride bicycle and and run a little bit and just go hiking and stuff with my uh, wife and do what I can with the family. The kids are mostly in different states now. But I'm also super close to my wife. She's really, really cool. So we hang out a lot and go hiking a lot and biking and jogging and hanging out with friends. I couldn't get back to that. I had my back blew up in December. I had a really bad disc problem and lost the use of my. It was rock and roll, wasn't it? That's what it was. You're right. I didn't. It was the middle of the winter, so Knew there was it. no motorcycling involved. They're right. Rock, rock and roll he is was, the devil. He, he was doing that that thing with the windmill arm on the guitar, and it just. <laughs> <laughs> At my age, I picked up I picked up a deluxe reverb and threw my back out. You know, <laughs> that'll teach you to get the fancy pedals. So, so industry wise, um, and motorcycle industry, not rock industry. Uh, what What are you most proud of that you've done? Please say Ulysses. Please say Ulysses. Please say Ulysses. We built like one hundred and forty thousand of the fastest sportsters ever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, that's for sure. Um, no, that's why I think, they're all trying to steal Buell. You know what? I, I, I think we've made a lot of people happy. I think we, you know, made some really great motorcycles that people love. And you know, it may come back to us, oh, they love Eric or whatever, but they don't. They really love the motorcycles. So we may put motorcycles that really have great character and really work well. And um, also, I'm really proud of you know the the engineers that came and joined us and the stuff that we did. Um, 
it's stuff that, that most people don't even know what we did. I'm, I'm really, I'm really proud of that, you know, environment we had and, you know, that the stuff we've done in the past has, you know, does catch on and that we're showing these, you know, innovative things, you know, really work. And that, you know, guys who I've had work for me, um, almost all loved working at EBR and felt it was a fan or ambule and felt it was the greatest place they ever worked at. And they got more done than anywhere else I had. So there's that engineering part. So you heard the motorcycle part, you know, I'm really proud of bikes. I think they're wonderful bikes. They're world-class sports bikes from America. They've really moved the bar on what people thought America could build um, in the motorcycle world. But I'm also really proud of that engineering thing because engineering, like I said, <laughs> like you asked me, it's more of my me than racing. And, and I remember I had one guy come through when we were building up this staff to do all these hero projects and had a guy come by me in the, uh, in the, in the room, uh, was one of the engineers who'd been with us for probably a few months. And, uh, we were in the break room or whatever. And he came over and goes, Hey Eric, you know, I, I want to tell you something. This is the most amazing place to work. He said, you know, I work, places I worked before. I was as a superstar and maybe one or two other guys or something, but it was always, you know, he says here, I'm surrounded by superstars. It's crazy. It's so intense. I have to work my brains out all day long and I love it. And I went, Oh, I'm fulfilled, man. That's awesome. That's really cool. You know, to be able to pull people together like that and, and put them in an environment where they, you know, you don't have bright guys who are bored and frustrated, you know, by management, but you've got them fired up and just, you know, doing everything they can do and they like it. I kind of want to see if he's hiring software people now, don't you? Yeah. Do you need any IT people? <laughs> we can we can build computers, <laughs> do your network. <laughs> that certainly. Is, I can tell you that I definitely need that when we have them. I, that's one of the guys who comes in late at night. Scott, who's with us before, is like he's got to come in and fix us the stuff that's broken after he works a twelve-hour day. I know you IT guys work like freaking crazy and anyhow so he'll put in a 12-hour day and then roll in with bags under his eyes and figure out what the hell we did wrong i'd do it for an sx <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are good at building motorcycles huh yeah maybe you should stop using the computers <laughs> <laughs> okay last question what do you want what's left that you want to accomplish what 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 do you want to get under your belt well, from a career perspective, yeah. man, there's just so much more I want to get done, and so many things I'd like to do. Is I know I'm going to run out of time before that all happens. And certainly, haven't run out of things that we want to do and want to try to do. Although I am at a point in time where I do want to get in some more time with myself. So I'm not going to work any more of these, you know, seven-hour, you know, twelve-hour half days. We used to call them. Only put in a half day or <laughs> for twelve hours. Uh, you know, because. I like being with my family and so mm -hmm. I need to take some vacation time with them and, you know, go hiking. I was a lot of parts of the country that I hadn't had a chance to go, you know, hiking like in Utah in the mountains and there are just yeah, so many cool yeah. places. Uh, so I want yes, to get some of that. Come to in. Utah. You, you could stay at my house. <laughs> It'll be cool. I promise. Jack, you're doing the creepy thing again. Please, please, please stay at my house. <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll, come to Utah. We can show you around. I'll cook. That would be cool. And fix your computer. <laughs> My wife won't let me bring it. 
<laughs> it will it will be mysteriously broken. I, I can break your computer. Yeah. That's she odd. will it's love broken. you for that. <laughs> I, I can I can make sure you're out of all communication. No one will find you. I mean, what? <laughs> that sounded creepier than I meant it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this um, picture of the death. <laughs> Of a strange grave in deep in Utah. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. You just you would you would be you would be building a, a, a Ulysses too. Yeah, <laughs> installing clutch plates. <laughs> it installs the clutch. Hey, gets I the got good at that. That's true. You did. You did. You did it all by yourself. It was great. Back Actually, in the basement, Eric. How easy it was. Uh, yes, back build me a bike. <laughs> Uh, More yeah. suspension travel. Not good enough. Are you? Are you? I know. I said the last question. I lied horribly. I'm sorry. <laughs> are you planning to be at anything like AIM Expo or Americade or you know any of these shows that are coming? I don't. Not that I, I'm trying to stalk you. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what the guys you know who are in charge of that are planning. Again, I'm. Okay. I'm, I'm stuck in the Wisconsin basement right now. <laughs> They have a special dungeon for, them, for the yeah. engineers they don't let now. Me out much. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a bike down yet? Yeah, I'm working on it. Shh, thunk. <laughs> Just drop a bag of burgers. Throw them a pasty in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Eric, thank you so much for being on with us. This has been loads of fun. Definitely fun to, for me. You guys are... Enjoyable. I listen to your shows sometimes, and it's like this is fun. I wonder how really? this will turn out. Yeah, yeah. You did a show on. Let's think about when you want. I was just thinking because this is Bike Week for like Bicycle Week, but you guys did a show on motorcycle bike ride to work. Right. Remember that? Yep. One? Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, so you guys always have fun. So. Eric Bill listens to us. Eric Bill listens to us. No, I listen to the show. I'm not saying Take I listen to you guys. Case. So that was a wicked cool interview. But uh, we also want to let you know that this week's episode is also brought to you by Cena, makers of cool gadgets, which I am currently installing in my helmet. <laughs> the Cena Bluetooth headset and all kinds of other Bluetooth accessories and cameras and. God, they have everything. If you want to learn more about their incredibly large range of models and all their features, you can listen to episode 156. But so far, we're impressed as hell with them. You can also go to their website, Sena.com. S-E-N-A. Sena! Say a command. <laughs> okay. That's, uh... That was completely awesome. It took us five years. Totally worth it. Five years, a hundred and something episodes. Fifty-nine. Did you remember the beginning of this 59. when you said the number? <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah. And another Ages. another time. That was that was before I talked to Eric Buell. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, so that was the, the pre that was in the pre Eric Buell time. I remember those days. Dimly. And what was amazing is when he finally was like agreed to it and I got a hold of him to talk to yeah. him. He was just like, yeah, sure, I'd love to come cool. on. Sounds fun. And he listens to our show. <laughs> I don't know if he's listened to many of them, but he's listened to at least one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get the, uh, yeah, man. That was awesome. Now, you know, my, my favorite, I think my favorite part about the whole thing is is that, first of all, I, I, I really liked knowing what actually went on. Because, you know, we speculated so much so about the much about Hero everything. deal and the Harley deal and all those. The, and the race team the stuff. The race team. That was really interesting. Yeah, that was, that was, that was one I expected to be the hard question, but he just pretty much set me straight and that was that. Yeah, it was hearing his perspective of it. 
it was just like so much of it is just like, oh, well, that that makes sense. Well, it's so, and it really, it to me reinforces how much of the information, air quotes, online is complete bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Total bullshit. <laughs> Unless you get it here from Wheel Nerds. Yes. Our internet bullshit is a better. Best kind of bullshit. Better quality of bullshit. You can grow tomatoes in that. Mm-hmm. A higher class. Guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I not guaranteed. I I, uh, I I gotta tell the tell you though, the Eric Buell hypnotoad effect is incredibly powerful. <laughs> no shit. Before that interview, if you had asked I about an hour ago, <laughs> if you asked me an hour ago, you know when I knew he was coming on, yeah, and then like, hey, do you want to buy an SX? I'd have been like, no, absolutely not, no way, no, no, not a chance in hell. Right now, I'm like. All I'm really waiting for is for the TX to come out. <laughs> Buy it a heartbeat. The TX, the AX, some, the, the, uh, some the, tour the Something model. a little more toury. Yeah. Because uh-huh. that's how I roll. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> really? You're like that sold on the I'm man? that sold. You're sold on the man. I, I am I am sold on the man. I'm sold on what he's doing. You know, honestly, I'm like I'm like kinda like because I went into this thinking, you know, like the the like many people, I'm real, it's hard not to get cynical about it because the bikes are so freaking cool. That's never been the problem. Yeah. The bikes are the coolest. Yeah. But like you know, is it going to be there tomorrow? And, yeah. you know, like... It... Eric gives you the impression that EBR went under tomorrow. In, like, six months now, you had a problem. If you rolled up to his house pushing the bike, mm-hmm. hey, I need some... You got the feeling like he would try and do something. Yeah. Like, he either had the parts or he would make you a part. Yeah. I did the, the, Just the... I don't know. And it's some of it, some of it is the whole, my whole beef with them was never the motorcycle. It was always the beef of like, what the hell kind of business sense is this? And the more I'm listening, I'm like, some of it isn't illogical choices he made. And that, some of it is just like out of the freaking blue. Some of the choices just seem like ones he got backed into. Some of them. Yeah. 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 Others yeah. seem like a totally illogical choice based upon what you knew at the time. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Harley thing, what the hell, what the hell was he supposed to do? Harley ran out of money. Yeah. It was a bad time. Yeah. The whole explanation for why Harley shuttered it instead of selling it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. They... Yeah. I, I am now fully in the Eric Buell hypnotoad effect world. I, I'm ready to open a Buell dealership. <laughs> um, you know, and I've seen this before. Like I, I talked about the Craftsman special. Mm-hmm. You watch that and you see he's got that room of men in the palm of his hand listening to him well, like he's saying the gospel. Well, he's he, that's the thing is he the man is so sincere and earnest about what he's saying. And that's just, really what it is. He is like genuinely passionate about it. He's he sells the hell out of it without ever selling really. Yeah, because he's already fully bought in. Yeah. He's, he's just there. like, hey, you want to come along? Come. You want to join me in Cool Town here? Right. Yeah, Let's do yeah, it. Like, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Flip flip side of that is, you know, like the, the I don't know, he feels more like a person to me now. Because mm-hmm. the thing, you think of Buell the company and it's a bunch of people, you know, and you know there's a bunch of people logically, but like they're not a bunch of people. It's some company somewhere sure. with other people. Who okay. knows? And then you watch that uh, documentary and you're like, wow, this is, these are like actual people whose lives are, you know, impacted and yeah. being changed by this. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the same thing kind of just happened like, oh, Eric's a person. He's not just, you know, like the figurehead on the front of the ship. Right. He's an, there's an actual person by this name. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 
for me, it's it just kind of validates in my head why so many people have so much passion about him. It, he's just, he, yeah, he's just so. I mean, he's got that that right combination of sincerity and earnestness and just wicked cool bikes, wicked cool. Period. <laughs> the dude is just Fair cool. enough. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, I want to go okay. and yeah. work there for free after I get off my job at night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll, I'll help set up your network, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they, you know, and they're seeing it as, hey, I can have the cool job again. Yeah. Which, you know, if I, from what I know of East Troy and really a lot of, you know, semi-rural Wisconsin, that's a good thing to have. Mm-hmm. You know, solid job for so close to clearly guys. I gotta go to EBR now because he practically invited us yeah I, I think it's I think it's almost a necessity at this point he said I can move in right I th- I'm pretty sure he said that mm, uh, I can move in I don't I move in I don't know if that can, specifically came can't wait up. to get I, there uh, yeah <laughs> well if they're only running the line with 15 people there'll probably be you know some part of the line that's not running <laughs> Bed down, sweeping in the corner. You go bed down under a lathe. <laughs> could you could you sweep up after those people? Yeah. Oh yay. Okay. <laughs> so cool. How do we know if the SX is really good? Should I take it for a ride? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Don't touch those bikes. Don't touch them. Every trip to Crazy Chuck's Bike Garage comes with a free inspection of the rev limiter. <laughs> Still working. Man, yep. I hope he makes. I hope so too. I want it. This is, this is, I. I want I, him to make it. I want to see it work. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I want him to keep turning out cool I mean, stuff. Modus appears to be doing okay, so. Yeah. I, yeah, I there's some weird rumblings online. There are, but, I mean, they seem to be, they, they're still chugging along. They don't yeah, seem to be yeah. in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe the difference was they're, they're doing like a small gradual kind of well more like frankly what he's describing yeah what he wants you know taking it slow you always get your feet under you before you move again kind of approach yeah you know and And that's cool i mean yeah i i hope i hope it works yep i hope there are bikes that follow the sx Mm -hmm. i need to Mm -hmm. test ride an sx then maybe i can i'll sell the ulysses and the sprint Uh uh uh-huh and then buy an sx Uh because yep that could work yeah I suppose you could put like bars on an SX to raise them up a little bit. That would probably be okay, right? You, I have to get rid of that you seat. could work on your I core strength. Seat. Core strength is fine. Um, <laughs> then you shouldn't be a problem. Just hold yourself up. Well, okay, but just hold yourself up. How will I look like I'm ready to fall asleep when I'm riding? Oh my god! I mean, you, hey, you're the one who said that. That's core to my riding style. Todd's <laughs> going around a corner and he's going ripping around a corner and he's just like, hmm, <laughs> I'm just sitting here. <laughs> You just look totally relaxed. You just look like you're sitting there. You look like you could pull tea out. Uh, why would you look like that on an SX? Why would you want to look like that on an SX? I don't know. <laughs> I need to ride it. See what it was like. See what the you know leg room and all that crap was like. Right. The leg I, is these days the more problematic. I need to ride your leg, your knee. Yeah. Knee. Your fondling your knee. knee. Yeah. The one that makes awesome popping noises. Why are you falling apart? Uh, skiing. Oh, Short yeah. answer. Oh, this knee's been bad. I, I got this knee worked out when I was 23. I had my first knee surgery when I was 23 years old. Isn't that supposed to solve things? Yeah, it does. Yeah? It does. You just can't sit it perfectly still in the same position for a really long period of time. Oh, my God, dude. It's creaky. Ah. The goal, Chuck, is not to show up at the end in a perfect, you know, wonderfully put-together body. 
you know, you're supposed to like fall over the line slightly on fire on one side with, you know, one arm that doesn't really lift that well. And, you know, you're partway there. Mike. <laughs> hey, arm's working okay. Okay. All right. You know, I've got, it. I've got, I've got, and I'm, I'm, I've got, you know, one and three quarters thumbs that work. So what? You know, that's cool. What's wrong with your thumb? Oh, it didn't bend very much anymore. <laughs> Was that from skiing? Yeah, it's from skiing too. Really? Yeah, people are always like, motorcycling is dangerous. And, you know, Eric's like, rock and roll is dangerous. I'm like, hmm, try skiing. <laughs> what, what happened to your thumb? Oh, I, I fell on it skiing. Like? Like hyperextended like the, the tendon on the back. Like like that? Like no, no, other way. Back, yeah, like squishing it This over. way? Yeah. And that makes it so you can't bend it anymore? Yeah, it's the tendon that does the bendy that brings it back from the bendy. So to heal that, to get it to straighten out all the way, because it's much more annoying to have it flopping, uh-huh. you have to hold it straight for a really long time. But then afterwards, there Tendons isn't as much just... range of motion in the tendon. Can't you, like, PT that back? Not really, no. My dad jammed his hand in thumb first into a goddamn table saw. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. Yeah. What the hell, man? Why is skiing legal? Because <laughs> it's fun. Oh, my God. It's just like motorcycling. <laughs> Don't ski. That shit's dangerous. Ride a motorcycle. <laughs> Rock and roll. Oh, my God. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, listener Mark sent us some cool pics from the Quail Motorcycle Gathering of various bikes. We'll throw those up on the website. Yeah, figure out how to do that. We're, I'm still yeah. feeling out this whole pod beams still thing. Figuring out the website. It's, uh, yeah. Next week, though, they're going to feature us on their homepage. Oh, yes. As a, as a promising, promising up and coming upstart. No, thing. just like, I looked at the ones they featured this week. Mm-hmm. Their numbers aren't that much better than ours. So we're already like, yeah. Yeah. That was banging. the fun. That was my favorite part about the new one. I figured. Couple thousand people might listen to Will Meets. Yeah. One thousand, two thousand. Yeah. (laughs) We had seven thousand downloads in two days. (laughs) That was pretty awesome. Thank you guys. You rock. That was pretty, yes. Thank you so much, everyone. I feel warm and fuzzy about our listeners today. (laughs) And our sponsors. And our sponsors. What have you learned this week, Chuck? My life's really fulfilled at this point. I got to talk to Eric Beal and he listens to my show. (laughs) <laughs> Which you're on to. <laughs> oh, and I'm here. Yeah. I've learned that I'm here too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we got time for this week. Until next week, I'm Todd. And I'm listening to Eric Bill. <laughs> Ride safe, everyone. <laughs> Bye. You can contact us at wheelnerds at gmail.com or leave us a message at area code 801-917-4136. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website, www.wheelnerds.com. If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Hell, write our URL on bathroom walls if it helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheelnerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent. Hello? Eric? Yes. <laughs> Hi, Eric. It's Todd and there goes Chuck. We're gonna give him a minute. You have to. You have to understand that Chuck is on his second Ulysses now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like a cattle boiling over there. Man. Yeah.